Don't they have showers at the ice rink? How did you get in here? One of the porters is a fan. He'll do anything for me. And I'll do anything for you. Well, I'm exceedingly flattered, B.B. But you're in training. That's a laugh. Everybody knows it builds up muscle tone. Well, not building up a little more muscle tone by putting on your clothes. Don't you like me? Why, I think you're wonderful, B.B., but I don't think your Uncle Ari would approve. Him? He thinks I'm still a virgin. Yes, well, you get your clothes on. I'll buy you an ice cream. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex podcast, the show where we discuss, rejoice, and analyze the James Bond phenomenon in all of its shapes and forms, from Fleming to films, and everything in between. Ooh. As you have probably guessed by the episode's title, this is For Your Eyes Only, Part 2. We conclude our in-depth analysis. Let's get started. Shall we talk a little bit about uh, Bibi? He thinks I'm still a virgin. What's your, uh, how, Why Lynn, is she in this movie? Lynn Holly Johnson. Oh, it's so strange. There's no, I mean, I, other she, than the. She was the cringe factor of this film. And uh, you know what's crazy is, uh, or uh, I know I keep mentioning age a lot, is she's only one year younger than Carl Bouquet and. You know, even though the even though the uh, the the relationship between Bond and Carol Bouquet or Molina seem very mature and developed, like, but I don't. See, it's whereas uh, the relationship between Bond and BB just seems very cringeworthy and borderline, like, mm. <laughs> borderline like uh, illegal. Yeah, um, Bond is completely uninterested in. Roger, like he's, when he, she kisses Bond, Bond's like, "Get away from me!" <laughs> like I'll buy you an ice cream. Like completely, Roger Moore tells me that he has like is uh, uh, he's flaccid when he's around her. Is he? Uh, was she? I don't think she was an actual like Olympian or anything, right? Uh, she was, I think. And, you know, it might be one she's in the movie, uh, uh, you know, she's an make... Olympian, but also she's she has a very, char- like, 
I guess kid appeal. Like she's very, you know, I'm with it. A little very bright American girl, blue eyed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why she's in that movie. Uh, I feel like that's the only reason I could see her ever being casted because like she has like that like figure skating or athletic background or something. Or I could be wrong. She's very. I should have looked it up. But when I I was watching with the kids and uh, of the few times the kids, uh, my my brother's stepkids had a reaction was when she showed up on screen and I can't repeat uh, what the kids said, but they were like, what the hell is that? Uh, She's uh, a expletive expletive blonde expletive expletive i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna put some soap in your your mouth kids uh but no they weren't very impressed with her but i'm like it's it's she's supposed to be funny and she's 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 this blabber mouth little teenager teenage teenager that you know but you know she she talks a lot but you know uh, a little a little empty well not not the uh yeah that's the difference between her and carol bouquet carol bouquet you know when, when you watch the uh, beyond the scenes uh se- sequences she's always like her and more always smoking signals waiting for the camera to shoot like, <laughs> like, yeah I, I i'm thinking about Lee, lynn on johnson and she's probably you know having a milkshake or you know <laughs> uh you know having a milkshake a- with some some proteins in them that's but that's the thing, like she's the same age as Car- she's only like a year apart from Carol Bouquet. That's just like it's just so drastic in the portray the way the characters are portrayed now. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's a it's a good job. I mean, for, for us to believe that Lynn Holly Johnson is like a 16-year-old or however old the character is supposed to be. Um, you know, in, in that way, in that sense, it's it's a good performance. It's a good prof- I still don't understand what the character's doing there. But, but it's a good performance. I, I think they were trying to like build off of like, I think they got permits to shoot in Cortina D'Ampezzo and then they just had to build a character around that because, you know, it was a it was a former Winter Olympic venue mm-hmm. in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do want to say, I forgot, I did want to mention this was uh, Cortina D'Ampezzo and Milan will host the 2026 Winter Olympics. Do you think uh, they're, they're going to like restore that city? No, 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 they are. No, they are. They, so they are. shut footage and it looks like, I'm gonna not going to see, but it doesn't look as nice no, as no. it did in 1981. For sure. No, it doesn't. A lot of, I mean, that's not Corti- specific to Cortina D'Ampezzo, but that's speci- that's just what happens to a lot of Olympic venue cities. And that's a debate that we don't need to do on a bond did podcast. Did that tell, tell you where I work? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Because there are some cities like Barcelona, there are some cities like Barcelona, Atlanta, and my birth town, Seoul, where the Olympics built up the city, but a lot of times the Olympics kind of like damaged the city. But Cortina D'Ampezzo in Milan won the 2026 Winter Olympic bid in 2019 on the same day as the release date of For Your Eyes Only. It was written in the stars. For it your was meant eyes to be. only. I mean, I, I hope Sheena Easton comes and does the uh, opening <laughs> ceremony for them. That'd be cool. Sure, why not? <laughs> she's still alive. She's still alive, and uh, it's. I've seen. I, I was 
because this week was the uh, 40th anniversary of For Your Eyes Only, uh, I've been watching a lot of renditions of that song. And I watched I watched her perform. I One of the clips I watched was when she performed For Your Eyes Only at the Oscars, like looking like her young 1981 self. And then another one in 2011, 30 years later. And I would say, I would say one's better than the other. One's not better than the other. It's more so like, I think age changed the way she performed the song for sure. She's very young in 1981. I think she's like in her 20s or something like that. Like yeah. 20, 25 or so. I mean, I could be wrong. And, oh. Oh, and she, yeah. And then, uh, and then I, you guys know me, like I always say, uh, Sporty Spice Melanie sees a uh, cover of Sporty. Uh, for your eyes on these one of the best covers i've ever heard oh of, of that song you mean yeah, or just like all covers of all time uh, that's like no of, of that's uh, of that song i think like <laughs> when i listen when i listen to sheena easton watched and listened to sheena easton perform her title song like she hits the hot on the choruses she hits the high pitches really well on a very consistent pace without being like mm. nasally and that's what i really appreciated about her like some people will say, oh, it's so like, like tacky 80s. But I was like, no, she's like performing really well. And that, whereas Mel C, Sporty Spice, like she gives a very like a vibe, vibrato, like. Uh, vibrato. Vibrato, like performance or execution of the song, specifically in mm. the course. Oh, or two, two very different singing styles. I would, I would, I would, I would wager to uh I shared, argue. I shared that, uh, covered with a couple other bond fans specifically ones in britain and they didn't they, they said they had never seen it they said that was probably one of the best covers they've ever seen too oh for your eyes on it's a yeah. good cover no I, I like it now by the way we see sheena easton in the title sequence uh the only time the singer is featured in the yeah. actual title sequence it's kind of like a music video you yeah. know what or wait it was madonna in the die another day yeah, Maybe. she's uh, she's the scorpion on the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but she, yeah, uh, the, the, again, the 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 stepkid, my brother's stepkids, weren't impressed with Sheena. They were like, uh, "She's ugly." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, how old are you? Kid? How old are exactly. you? Exactly. I, I think he's 10, 11, But I, uh, honestly, I I I think. It's the hair. The hair is very '80s, and that's probably mm. what the I, it, it, that. Um... I could relate to that because I remember when I first saw Free Rise Only as a kid. Like when we when we got to the title sequence, like at first I thought that was the Bond girl. I was like, why? I was like, why is a Bond girl singing the song? I was like, this is so weird. And then, <laughs> and, then and I was like, your nephew's like, I thought she was just weird, weird looking because of the short '80s hair. And then watching it as an adult now, I was like, wow, Sheena Easton's really gorgeous. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. I also noticed that in the end credits, that was as far as I can tell. I can't think of anything, and we haven't seen No Time to Die yet. The end credits sort of operates like a like a title sequence too, where you have the silhouettes of uh, Melina and Bond uh, singing, and sort of like fake water in the background. Like it looks like it's an ultra simplified version of a title sequence. It's not as sophisticated. There isn't as much stuff going on. But like the background visuals behind the credits as yeah. they roll upwards are, is like a title sequence. I can't think of another Bond movie that does Oct that. I mean, Octopus, the ended with does all Octopus time. Do it? 
an octopus that ended with all time high and a view well, to I'm kill. talking about the visuals, supporting visuals that oh, actually no. look like a title sequence. Yeah. No, it's, I think for your eyes only is the only one because I've seen that. Because I remember, I would say from all the Bond films, uh, for your eyes only is the one where I actually watch all the way through the credits because I actually like that song a lot. Whereas like I do too. Whereas like the Daniel Craig Bond films, uh, the, I watch the end credits because the Bond theme song roars, but then the credit scenes in the four Daniel Craig movies have been pretty short, so they're so that's that's a pretty default answer. Whereas like for your eyes only, like after the movie ends and uh, Max drops Bond Seiko into the water, I I stick around and watch the until Sheena's Easton song ends and the title mm. sequence comes out. James Bond will return in Octopussy. Doesn't it feel so good to see those? on the screen, James Bond will return and they actually have the title for the next movie. And the fact that it ha happens, that that features immediately as the end credits begin, as opposed to these days, where it's like the last thing they show before they turn on the lights in the cinema room. Yeah. So I, I don't stick around anymore for James Bond will return. It's like, I've, I'm already at home <laughs> by the time. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, you don't get yeah. your uh, little... At least they had something at the end. If you're, if you're not going to announce the, 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 the title, do something for the ending. Like, do another gun barrel or something. That's what they did. That's what they did Quantum Assault and Skyfall. Yeah, but I was not at the end, end of... Uh, yeah. Well, they, nowadays, the end end is the MGM logo. Out of... Because Rawr. of... Yeah. <laughs> we get a little bit of Gogo. Gogo yes. Man. Google. And there's another actor uh, who I wanted to mention briefly is because uh, we go because I, I I like like in any other Bond film I always love the relationship between Bond and Q mm -hmm. and uh, nose Q not a banana. Thank you, Smithers. How's the arm? Coming along very nicely, thank you, sir. That'll come in handy. What are you doing here, 007? Identify you. Go this way. Stinging in the rain. That's not funny, 007. Oh, I see you managed to get the Lotus back together again. I disregard these jibes about our equipment, 007. I don't suppose you find it funny in the field. Indeed, I don't. And we see a lot, and I like the way he like tests the gadgets like he always does. And uh, and the first lab technician we meet is Smithers, and he says, "Oh, how's the arm, Smithers?" And then, and then the cast like knocks the dummy out. That's Explodes its head. And then, and then, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to mention was that actor who plays smithers he also appears in octopussy as a taxi driver as as well mm. as uh is jeremy bullock who plays boba fett in return of the jedi and empire strikes back i wonder what the the well at least you get to see his face in this movie yeah whereas in the star wars films it's uh the important thing is that smithers arm is very strong. <laughs> That's yeah. a funny gag, though. I'll say that. That's a funny, like uh, the, the the plant, the the the, the parapluie that uh, grabs the, the mannequin's head. That's uh, that's pretty pretty funny gags in that this uh, workshop sequence. 
remember there was a podcast one day that pointed out the, uh, not pointed out, but that questioned what the, the time lapse is from the moment Bond and Q enter the room with oh. the uh, identifier. And, you know, they, okay, so, you know, Bond gives one or two descriptions, you know, not a nose Q, not a banana, ha, 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 ha. And then, like, the assistant comes in with coffee and Q's like, that's okay, you know, I'll close up. I'm like, how long have they been in in this room? Yeah, that, I always wonder uh, about that. I always wonder about that because Roger t- even takes off his coat in that, or t- takes off his jacket in that scene as well, too. Yeah. yeah. Strange. Uh, but what, I mean, meant, what a heck but, of a gadget, though. Woo. I mean, we're talking 1980s technology because, like, once they identify, you know, finally identified him, they had Q's identograph had to hack every database in the world like the the yeah. the, the stasis the interpols uh the russians uh systems and whatnot and then we finally get lock Loke's profile and uh, an uncanny resemblance through that little 3d cartoon uh, <laughs> face maker it's uh, even the hair they had they had Locke's hair uh interesting now look i i appreciated the idea Probably in 1981, that looked freaking awesome. Uh, but you know, the I'm I'm sure they could. Uh, I mean, hell, Inspector Q, you know, back to Q, he puts the ring on his computer, and you know, well, apparently everybody, every villain we've seen has worn this ring. So, <laughs> sure, the identifier was able to identify <laughs> Locke. Okay, <laughs> and that's also where uh, the transmit signals to bond's watch at the end of the film too uh, the same in the same room in the keys lab i think okay 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 well it's a seiko right at the end of the uh, yeah okay. actually he wears two different seikos so he wears the radio seiko and the seiko tuna when he goes underwater with right. because that's yeah. a that's a true diver's watch and i've debated mm. buying that i've debated buying that screen accurate watch because it's not it's much cheaper than any of the omegas but i but my no time die watch that I have has the same colors as that, so that's why I'm against buying. I was like, it is a Roger watch, but it also is like, it looks too similar to what I already have. And he oh, wears wow. that same, he wears that same exact Seiko tuna in the movie Felix, folks, or oh, yeah, I didn't uh, know. A very didn't British diehard. Very called. British yeah. diehard. Yeah, it's. I did yeah. not notice that. I did not. Uh, I I know a lot of uh, fans like yeah the the. Lorenzo's, the Cal Barbos, the Luke uh, Taggart's of the world. They're like, you know, in this scene, the watch, he was like, and I like, I, it's, we're hitting, hitting close to a year that I've sort of gotten, gotten into the watch thing. And from, we know by the time this is released, it has been a year. I can never tell what the hell anybody's wearing unless it's like a still online. Yeah, of, of Roger doing this, you know. I don't know what he's, <laughs> I don't know what he's wearing. <laughs> it's it's, it's impressive. It always impresses me when they're able to pick up like, oh, he's wearing that type of sandals because you see it on a still that was taken by Pepperetti uh, six months ago with a crappy camcorder and <laughs> no judging by the colors. Of- we can and they find the brands i'm like impressive like wow. i mean mm. i'm i mean i'm the type of person who follows those people i'm not very good at identifying i mean some stuff i can oh no, I, I let them do the art work oh yeah oh yeah i, I, I oh, see on their art work uh because i couldn't do it so it kind of reminds me of the uh scene at, i mean i don't want to go too off topic but uh reminds me of the scene in uh the movie enemy of the states it's kind of 
where uh, where they're uh, raiding Will Smith's house and the NSA agents are examining Will Smith's clothes. They're like, oh, that's that's a month block found the bed. He's bringing a mega and then because like and they're identifying all his objects because like they have the replicas and the replicas have the transmitters and the bugs oh. bugs to uh, track him down. Because they're going I haven't seen that movie in 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 ages. I don't it was, believe there's a it, very strong bond tie with that, but spies, espionage. I mean, it was it was filmed <laughs> it was filmed in my hometown, so that's that's the spy montage connection. There's the bond connection. Jason can be Thor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there, so we we've been we've been prattling on yeah, for a little for a couple hours. Might here. want to wrap this up because we uh, you know we haven't gotten to the ski sequence any of the underwater stuff any of oh, yeah. the yeah that's cliff chase, stuff. the kate chick car chase yeah let's let's i'll let someone take the lead and follow there the car let's chase. do it let's do a drive by um no the, the the car chase is is really impressive and and this is also where i thought a lot of john glenn's directorial directorial flourishes uh, I love the the camera work where we're following the cars from behind. It's very visceral, very exciting. And whoever the hell was it? Maybe Remy Julien. Uh, who the hell is the car driver? Remy Julien. Holy smokes! What he's doing with that Citroen is uh, yeah. God, God uh, damn! God damn! I, I have a side story from our uh, buddies at uh, Bond Splaining, the uh, French po- James Bond podcasts now. I think defunct now. I Probably. don't think they, they, they haven't received But they did an interview with the, the late uh, Remy Julien, and he talks about that sequence. And he says that originally they wanted, I think they wanted to use the Lotus for that sequence. And like he convinced them, you know what? It's a it's a shitty car to drive in those roads. It's it doesn't drive well. It's too big. It's mm. not gonna stick. And like he convinced Cubby to change the car. Nice. Cubby kind of went. What kind, what kind of car do you want to use? I need someone that says, yeah, it's a drone. It looks ugly, but, you know, it's it's small, it's compact. It's, it drives, like, perfectly. It's a smooth drive. And the other goods are going to be stuck in those good-looking, shitty cars and won't be able to catch Bond. Yeah, I mean, when they're driving in those very winding roads in Spain, what is, I guess, is supposed to be Spain. Uh, mm. Like, it's very... I could see, I, I definitely see Remy Julian's points because again, that's, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I never knew that. That's really neat. Then uh, I'll send you the link. Uh, I'll send you the link. If you, but uh, you I always, French. Uh, yeah, because I always uh, had the impression that they didn't, they got, they, they didn't use the Lotus and went for the Citroen because they wanted to really strip down and ground bond to the core, like in Casino Royale. Like, because like, you that's, know, we are, that's what they've wanted us to believe. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, to add on to the car chases, uh, like you said, like I love the one of my favorite shots is like you know when when the black Mercedes Benz is like trying to ram, trying to like uh, ram the Citroen from the rear up. The next shot is Roger Moore, Roger Moore's feet uh, pressing the clutch and the brake at the same time, really fast and letting the car like letting the enemy's car like go ahead of it, and then oh, that's he, a cool move. Yeah. That was a cool move, and maybe it's it's also me because uh, we don't see that many manual transmission cars in the modern day. So that's why, like, it's I always find a need to see characters like press the clutch and the brake in yeah. to create action scenes out of it. And I, I 
I actually like the score in this scene too. Oh, it's great. It's, uh, you know, it's, I feel like it's Fun. been echoed in the Born Identity um, when Marie and Jason Bourne are in Paris and escaping the police in their little shitty car and he's driving all over the place in that shitbox and he finally <laughs> ends up in an underground parking lot and says, never get in that car ever again. And, and he, he leaves. And he wipes out every single fingerprint so that yeah. to the point a French policeman can't even find a fin- one on, after three hours of search. And another film that's that I uh, that follows that car chase scene in a movie we haven't seen yet is in the new is in the upcoming Mission Impossible Seven where uh, this time it's not a Citroen but it's a yellow Fiat yellow seventies Fiat in which Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell escape together in Rome and they're getting hey, chased. Spoilers, spoilers. Mm. I haven't watched a behind the scenes. Don't, 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 don't spoil that movie. No, but not, I'm not spoiling it. I'm just telling you anything that Chris McQuarrie shares on his Instagram account, not paparazzis. And he shares. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not watching his because I want to be surprised by the movie. You're, you're very inconsistent with what you. I, you know, when it comes <laughs> to behind the scenes, I don't often watch when it comes to. Uh, supplemental material I, I i don't care uh but you know it's it's if, if i'm inconsistent i'll admit but it's uh mission impossible is one of the movies i'm actually very the next one I'm very looking forward to and I, i'm oh we're all yeah can't wait for that can't and then wait. so chris so once again mission impossible is drawing from the james bond franchise specific, or specifically for your eyes only they drew from oh, and it goes that's all, I, that's all I had for the uh, the car chase sequence. Did you guys have anything other further thoughts you guys want? Oh, to of add? course. There's there's the uh, the head nod, the salute from Roger to uh, to uh, their pursuers. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which is just that great little. It, it, that's that's definitely a Rogerism, you know. In in a movie where he's not asked to do many of them. Uh, that that's a classic. That's a, that that's a, a gif that everybody uses on Twitter or a meme meme gif. Yeah, meme. Which, which is which? <laughs> and then uh, once the final car like lands on top of the the acorn tree, mm. the net. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I chose the wrong fruit or tree, hey, apples, no? Or apples. It could be apples. And then uh, after the chase is finished, uh, the Citroen comes out of the hill smoothly i was like that oh that that part always gives me chuckles because like it's like it's damaged but it just comes out well oh yeah well comes out or comes out smoothly i guess bond is the best driver and then i i would also argue that that once the chase ends this was one of roger's best my name is bond james bond introductions from all seven films i would say jane Hmm. when he meets live and let Solitaire, Live and Die, uh, Max Cabell in Spy Love Me, and then this would definitely be the third. It's a close-up, so I would tend to agree with you. It's probably interesting. Uh, the most I always personalized. Felt, it always felt like this was one where they weren't sure where to do the Bond, James Bond, so they figured, you know, oh, we haven't done one yet. Let's do it here. Oh, by the way, Melina, we haven't been in... Like, I get it. No, it's true. They haven't been introduced. You know, it's 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 it's, it's fair. But it, it does feel a little bit... Uh, Placed in. Funny. 
Yeah, I don't know. I might I might have put it somewhere else. I might have put it somewhere else. Oh, by the way, we haven't been properly introduced, Melina. My name is Bond. James Bond. But like uh, I, I I like it because uh, Roger delivers it at a more high pitch. Not a high pitch, but a, a more like sweeter voice than his other introductions. Like other introductions, like he gives like a very badass, like cool introduction. Whereas like he's like kind of like mm. he's a, it's it was a, a more, more intimate. Yeah, it was a definitely more intimate introduction. My my name is Bond James Bond than any his other or any of the other in, incarnations of that line, for that matter. Mm. Yeah, no. Oh, I don't dislike it outright. I don't, I don't mind the performance. I think the performance and the, the delivery of the line is pretty good. I just, I might've put it somewhere else. It just, it, you know, the, I think it's the, oh, by the way part that I'm like, it just feels like they almost forgot that they needed him to say Bond James Bond because he always does it. So, oh, let's just do it here before we have to leave the set because <laughs> we're done shooting, you know? Um, um, so there's the car chase, there's the ski slash bobsleigh uh, sequence, which which is really quite something. That's that's a lot of fun. It's it's John Glenn extending the tension. Uh, you know when he goes up the the ski jump, um, when he's in the little uh, forest uh, under fire from uh, Kriegler. Uh, there's some very interesting um, choices how to. Uh, stretch out the tension as opposed to exclusively having it uh, rat tat tat and high tempo. Uh, there obviously is some of that, but I, I liked how it's an, it's an elongated sequence that has these, uh, these highs and, 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 uh, or a different pacing. It has an interesting pace to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hey, the unfortunate drunk tourist is back again. Yes. Poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, he, Roger destroyed three three consecutive vacations for, for him. Uh, this guy's gonna, he, he's going to stop drinking. He keeps <laughs> hallucinating. He keeps seeing the weirdest shit. Yeah. Come back. He doesn't. He doesn't come back in the octopusy, right? No. This is last no. drink. No, no, but he's he's he is an octopusy. He's uh, at the um, deleted uh, scene. That is on the DVD. Uh, the the dinner table uh, when they, you know, Roger Moore is like, because he can't eat that. And the drunk guy is there. Like, mm-hmm. like eating <laughs> goat's head. Um, the, uh, you have a, we have a, what, Willie Bogner? Billy Bogner? Willie Bogner? Willie Bogner. Uh, Willie Bogner. Uh, doing the uh, skiing and and it is freaking awesome like in, in in a series that has a laundry list of unbelievable ski sequences when they go on the bobsled run that is messed up that is seriously messed up that is going really fast i mean you gotta remember like how slippery a bobsled like ice. horse is yeah it's just, it's a straight up ice like if, if you guys ever seen cool runnings like it's straight up ice uh it's 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 fantastic and and having skied i haven't skied on ice but i but i have skied in rougher conditions when there maybe wasn't enough snow and 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 the snow itself took on more of a 
granular oh, yeah. ice icy texture it, it's yep. not easy it's not simple this guy's just freaking going down there on ice and taking the curves and <laughs> what is happening and the camera is following it yes that's really yeah, that's yeah, which made which, yeah which made it really even more impressive like i mean as an editor and a second direct second unit director john glenn was top of was not only top of his game but he was very influential for future action films to come like let he was he was well ahead of his time in the 80s i just feel now again you know we we, we love his other movies you know octopussy if you do a kill daylights i love daylights a lot yeah. and license to kill and all of them have great thing some more than others but that's you know another conversation for for another time i just feel again is it the impact of having not seen this one in a few years so i was just subconsciously i was i was ready to be more wowed than i usually am i don't know i i, I don't know how to explain it but watching for eyes only this time it just felt like he was john glenn being that was like yes I finally get to direct. Here's everything I've always wanted to do in action movies and scenes in tension. And he does it all in this movie. And I, and I feel in the other films, you can always maybe pick something that uh, I would, he maybe should have filmed that differently or maybe should have cut that differently. Uh, there's like, there's none of that here. It's, it's all perfect, I find. I do want to, and then uh, while while we're still in Cortina d'Ampezzo, uh, one of the one of my favorite scenes in this entire sequence, or two, is uh, when Bond arrives at his hotel. Uh, he turns, he fogs up his uh, bathroom, and then mm. he, and then the mirror says, "Luigi's." The mirror has Luigi's message like imprinted, and you only can see it if you fog it up, and then and he wipes it yeah. off, and and I thought that was very cool. It's like a, because we we've never really we haven't seen like those like can I get a match but my lighter but I use a lighter we haven't seen that kind of uh, moment you know Bond film in a while and it really reminded the audience that yes Bond is a fantasy but it's a true espionage film yeah and and Glenn brings it back for a couple of movies I can't remember what he says with VJ and Octopussy but there's one uh... it's a charming tune. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a charming too. And here it's uh, the snow in that's something about snow, and they're, they're comparing the snow, snow levels in cities and snow in St. Moritz is uh, I forget the exact one. Yeah, something, something. The snow in San Moritz is too yellow. What? Um, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you know. that's a, then, that's a slow burn that you. My mind was not uh, that liquid. The snow this year is better at Innsbruck. But not at San Moritz. Ferrara. Bond. James. Luigi. Huh. I presume London's briefed you? If locks in Cortina will find him. I have a reliable Greek contact here, an Anglophile. He helped us out last year on a smuggling operation. Then what's he doing in Cortina? He... And, uh, <laughs> And another sequence I like, which goes back to Molina, is uh, after Bond dispatches the goons who try to kill Molina, uh, and he uh, one of them lands in the floors, and he's and he 
and he, when he receives the flowers that he bought, he says, send them to the funeral home. I, I, that's a good chuckle. And when Bond and Molina go on the sleigh ride in Cortina D'Ampezzo, like, okay. I, I, lo- I love, love the, uh, the, the, the intimate Bill Conti rendition instrumentals mm. of For Your Eyes Only. And at the oh, end, yeah. we get a, we get a really gorgeous shot of Cortina D'Ampezzo. And I remember watching with my sister, who's not even a Bond fan, and she's like, "Oh, that city looks so beautiful." And that's the moment. Mm. And I always say that's the moments why I go watch a Bond film because like I want to go go to see a Bond film so I can say I want to go there. Did you find the man who had Gonzalez? I'm working on it. He's here, isn't he? That's why you're here. Driver, stop. Go back. Bye, Avanti. I'm staying. Oh, so you can put an arrow in his back? You do that and we'll never find out who or what is behind all this. It was my parents they killed, not yours. Let me out. Driver, stop. Bye, Avanti. Presto. Molina, look at me. You were lucky once, but they are on to you now. The telegram, the motorcycle's back there. They prove it. Now, please let me handle this. You? How are you involved? All I can tell you is something of vital interest to both our countries. More important than my parents? Your father was part of it. He thought it important enough to risk his life. Now, Molina, please trust me. Go back to the Triana and wait. Let me find out what I can here, then I'll come straight to Corfu, I promise you. Okay. I'll go back and wait. But not for long. It won't be, I swear. Amore, amore. Oh, this move and this one is unbelievable. I can't remember exactly where they are in Spain, but that's a nice little region. And and Corfu is incredible. And apparently, and it was probably incredible. I don't know. I think the car chase was in Spain, but the uh, when he meets Hector Gonzalez and the scene when the Citroen flips over when the bus blocks. I know that's in Greece, though. Interesting, interesting. But uh, the little town in um, Corfu that they drive through. No, is it? Uh, no, that's supposed to be in Spain. Yeah, then okay, that's yeah, that what you're saying. That's in Greece, East, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, in Greece. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. I love that little location. Um, and this is something else that this movie does that not all Bond films do. It's that the, the, the movie takes a few moments to luxuriate in the locations. The little moment when Melina and Bond are trying, I believe it's dates, they're eating some dates. Yeah. Um, or when Bond goes to visit Q in, in the, um, in the Modest, church. In the Catholic. He, he passes by a celebration of sorts and the dancers are giving him, you know, the, the decoration uh, around his neck and he smiles actually as he's walking away. You know, they, they don't, um, it would be nice if the Bond movies did that a little bit more. Um, they don't, they don't tend to do it very much these days, uh, which is funny because they're like two and a half hours long all the time. Like, don't you have an extra 60 seconds to just let us, I think Rest it's and, I think yeah. it's a little different because like uh, you know even until like my middle school days social media wasn't around so like whereas like social media today influences people to travel somewhere versus back then uh, internet wasn't readily available so people would watch films or in my case I would watch all the Bond films 
on a repeated basis because like i'll be like i want to go there i want to go mm. there i want to go there mm. and that will be my inspiration and that's what inspired me to travel the way i do now so then you don't need bond films all you need is an instagram account oh uh, don't say that but oh. bond film bomb films will always be the, inf- the number one influencer over anything else <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful uh on a sentimental level i i agree i agree um and there was uh, wasn't there another action scene? We uh, no, we did the uh, car chase. We did ski, yeah, we did ski, the snow. Uh, uh, there, there's a sh- lot got, of underwater uh, stuff. Un- I do want to say before we, I mean, I, I'll lead off less off onto the underwater sequences. Uh, I'm not sure about the shark. How would you even call that scene? The shark chase, the shark harpoon scene. The, when they get when Bond and Molina get dragged by the motorboat. Oh, that's from Live and Die. Yeah, yeah. That, but what, what would you, what would you call that sequence exactly? Like um, torture. I call it a drag. <laughs> a boat, a boat drag or shark shark. That's, in the book, it's a it's the means to an execution. So I would okay, uh, so that's what we'll call it for now. Means to an execution. Uh, <laughs> it's a failed attempt at an execution. In the, in, in, in the novel, well, in the live and let die novel, it's much more brutal. The conclusion is yeah. different, uh, but oh, um, yeah. it's it's a it's a fine sequence. Ah, uh, uh, bind that wound. We don't want any blood in the water. Not yet. Murder. You have shot your last bolt, Miss Havelock. Oh, leave the legs free. They'll make appetizing bait. I didn't think it would end like this. We're not dead yet. I, I loved all the submarine stuff when they investigate the St. George, when they get the attack, when they get attacked by the guy with the I, I, a portable proto Iron Man's. No, it's like a, it's it's what is that? What's that called? Diving it, bell. It was. It's a. It's a. It's a very uh, specified like, diving equipment. I know it has a name, but um, isn't I'm that what a diving it, bell is? It, that's what the movie uh, Men of Honor with Cuba Gooding Jr. was about. It's like those kind of divers, or no, it was like deep, deep, deep divers. It's it's simply called deep diving. Is what it is. And I like how that's edited and shot. It's like the their assailant is like a monster. Even the music yes. makes it look yeah. like it's a monster. And uh, I make it sound up like to it's it. And I remember as, as a kid, uh, in, when I watched this movie in fifth, when I was 11 years old in fifth grade, uh, at the time, Lego had a lot of, they didn't, unfortunately, Lego did not have for your eyes only sets, but Lego <laughs> had a lot of uh, deep dive, underwater sets like submarines and stuff and one of the sets w- resembled that entire for your eyes on the set and i asked my mom to buy for me because i was like oh that looks like james Bond scene because it had, <laughs> it, had, it, had, it had the full like the villain deep dive oh i get it i get it yeah yeah and then the sum the mini submersible so it was like really cool so i remember i bought that that after watching for your eyes on the end uh but the point i wanted to make was i i heard that in real life Carol Bouquet was 
either claustrophobic or oh it's in the documentary it's, yeah. it's in the making of yeah yeah she's she was afraid of water so like uh i know like the scene where uh she's like deep that di- where they're diving and bond comes up and she leaves her oxygen tank down in the greek ruins uh that was filmed i know that was filmed in pinewood but uh someone had to sub in for her because like uh i know like they did a quick uh close-up shot and that's her but then the rest of the underwater was like someone else because like she was afraid of water she she has uh, issues with her sinuses or something they said yeah on the documentary but they, all, all the close-ups of roger and uh carbuke are, are are done in a studio with a wind machine they under cranks so that uh, they're they're shooting ice ice beam frame and when they're when they, it's played normally it looks like I'm on the water and they added the, the bubbles up thickly, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it works. It's it's an interesting look. I, I, it's only when I watch the making of it, I'm like, oh really? They did that for they didn't do that for reals. Uh, I, I I was not aware. It, it, it's perfectly credible, but um, I you know I'm always amused by the. Uh, uh, the the suits that they wear when they investigate the St. George because those are not diving suits. Those are like it, 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 it's comme un suit imperméable. It's uh, it's impermeable. Waterproof. Waterproof. Raincoats. Uh, the raincoats. raincoats uh, that are that, that are apparently now diving suits for like uh, five minutes in the movie. I I. I don't know why they picked those outfits because I mean the helmet's accurate though. I mean my lady. The helmet's accurate. The, the helmet's accurate with everything else that they're wearing. I'm is like, that is that what they wore in a? I haven't seen the movie Abyss in years, but is that what they wore in Abyss as well too? Which also came out a year apart. Uh, no, 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 and they came out like eight years Abyss? later. Oh, okay, okay, never mind then. I always thought it came out. What? But yeah, it, but I, I still. Martin Cameron. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, don't, don't are... the helmet don't the helmets uh, lock on to the suits though? Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. They have like a, it has like a latch lock into like a latch and lock into it. In real life, they did, or my Lego Lego set did at least. <laughs> uh, my <laughs> reference my reference to free rise on the underwater sequences are based on Lego sets I built in fifth grade. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I only asked the question because. If if there is a locking system to to keep the helmet on, then I would imagine the rest of the suit is is. For it's all tucked purpose. in, though. It's it's none of, none of the like when you look at the boots, the boots are tuck, it's tucked in. Not, nothing is like tightened or anything. It's just mm. I don't. I mean, I'm not a diver by any means. I mean, I've gone on scuba diving before. I'm not a certified diver, but uh, but uh, but they're. I mean, you got to think about they're diving in really deep depths, like you know, maybe in the context of the movie. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're diving in, uh, you know, the Bahamas, and uh, it's like th- they're ten meters underwater. Yeah. Uh, but in the context of the movie, it's meant yeah. to be much deeper. Yeah, yeah, like six hundred meters or so. And probably is actually the Bahamas because the Bahamas does they do thank the Bahamas. No, it, it, does, it, it doesn't look like the suit. You can see it. I'm looking at the stills, uh, some stills, and it's, <laughs> you can see their neck. There, it, it makes no sense. Yes, yes. Yeah, I see I'll it. I can, <laughs> I'll see if I can get it bigger. 
but it's this outfit there. And you can see the neck here. Nothing locks in. It's just... <laughs> but at least they got the... At least they have air tanks in the back. Yeah, the back. <laughs> yeah. They, got, they got air tanks. Anyway, I'll stop the shit. Just, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. So it's, a little bit it's, weird. Yeah. They went into the water to freshen up, I guess. But, you know, it's a tense sequence when the other sub attacks and they're, they ev eventually uh, get out. And, oh, my God, Christados is the bad guy. Unbelievable. Didn't see that coming at all. Although, again, sort of, we don't really see that for a long time. I mean, for all we know, if you've never seen the movie before, the whole nighttime raid with Columbo on Locke's, uh, at Locke's uh, warehouse we, we still don't really know if Colombo's the good guy or not. He's acting like it. And he, he, he seems much more friendly than Cristato. So there's maybe a bit of a giveaway there. But it really is only once, as you just put it, when Melina and Bond arrive back at the boat and Cristato's is clearly going to do something very naughty to them, that it finally is official. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, I do like how the movie plays with... Uh, with, a, with the viewer in that sense. It keeps the, the sense of um, mystery lingering just a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I like it. I like it. I shat myself when uh, it was revealed that uh, Christatos is the villain. Thank you, Mr. Bond. You have saved us the trouble of disarming it. Apostles, take that. Where are the men I left on board? You will soon be joining them. Let the girl go, Christatus. And I guarantee we'll double whatever you're getting. I never go back on a deal. It would be bad for my reputation. A little bit sexy when, when uh, Carol Bouquet is on, down to her undies and she's tied to bound it. No, it's, it's sexy. It's an image that, you know, sexy every woman. time they reprint Live and Let Die, I've seen versions of that sequence that, you know, it's been uh, put you know, there, there's a famous Playboy. Is it? No, it's from Thunderball, but it's it's still Bond, sort of a, a intertwined with a woman underwater. It's I've seen that image of she's a Bond. lady. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. Speaking of Tom Jones and Thunderball, <laughs> no, she's 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 very very. Uh, I mean, look, it's you know, some listeners are going to be, oh, can't you talk about something else? Look, there are three of us. We're all warm-blooded, heterosexual men. She's a very attractive woman. And no, but it's a, very it, nice regardless of our, of her, it's a sexy image. That's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. And, and mm. like, uh, it, it, she's, I'm not talking about her. Like they, would, they could have put any woman, but just like a, mm. uh, the image of a man and a woman tied together, uh, almost like as if they're uh, copulating, being set. Yeah, it's kinky. And it's a little bit perverted because it's going to be dragged to, through Carl to kill them. Uh, but it's, you know, it's even worse in, in, in the book because they're both naked in the book. Yeah. Uh, nothing this nothing bit... turns me on more. Nothing gets me harder uh, than witnessing uh, two lovers that are going to be dragged through coral reef in it's... shark infested waters. That gets there's... me just so excited. Yeah, well, there's something sexy, a little bit perverted. It's just, it's, it's, it's bond. There's something cool with something grotesque at the same time it just mm -hmm. they, they turn they turn they, fleming had a knack to turn things that are 
kind of beautiful in grotesque imagery and that's that's one of them it's a grotesque image the lovers being slaughtered by the sea just beautiful there's beauty there and and it's a macabreness macabreness i'm I'm gonna drag you now to saint cyril because that's my favorite sequence in the entire freaking movie as a kid i was no i i told edgar this story but as a kid there's two things that could make me stop watching a TV show. Either a situation was too tense, people were put in danger and couldn't, like, I couldn't figure out how they were going to get out of it, or something so embarrassing that I started to feel embarrassed myself. Uh, lots of episodes of Seinfeld I couldn't watch because I was, when I was a kid, uh, George just drove me crazy with the entire the, the amount of stupid shit he, 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 he did and embarrassed himself I couldn't stand it but that sequence when Bond is climbing and the other dude knocks him out and he has mm. to like use sort of I, I, I read the type of knot that he uses with his shoelaces to grab himself up uh, I, I thought that I really like I thought that was really clever because oh like, it is but as a kid I'm like I'm so can't i can't stand it must stop watching tv i just yeah i just couldn't it's just so tense like today you know i've seen more i have a maturity but as a kid and even it's still effective it's a bloody good sequence and the the use of sound i can't hmm, when he falls they they, there's not that much music there's a little thing here a little thing there but it's it's mostly just Roger Moore just reading, climbing, the guy knocking on the, the sort of I don't know what they, these called these pitons pitons. Yeah. It just oh oh god I I I like that sequence. It's 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 it's, it's, it's my favorite se- action sequence in the entire uh, movie, and it's just the guy climbing. Yeah, and it's 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 a, it comes at an interesting moment in the film because we're. We're approaching the climax, and just before you know, people start killing each other up in the in, in the abandoned monastery. We spend like five minutes seeing Bond trying to climb this mountain. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting, uh, and it's very tension filled. It, it's it's extremely well shot and edited, uh, and the shot of the stuntman, poor stuntman, sort of falling. I wonder, is that a dummy? I feel like that would like. It's a, no, no, no. It's a, you're, Jisons, you're, you're going to like that because it's an engineer that came up. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's uh, an effects guy, but I mean, I, I was watching that. I'm like, oh, it's, it's that dude who came up with that solution because they, they, they use bags to sort of slow down. I'm like, an engineer yeah. to think of that. Cause, oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Because I got out, you know, like watching for your eyes only again. Like I, I was, especially when one after like the henchman knocks up. Like the four pittons or three, however many pittons uh, off the cliff, uh, there's only one pitton left. And I was thinking, like, well, you know, Roger's body mass and, you know, yeah. a pitton can only hold so much. So, like, he can't, you know, pull the rope to climb. He has to, like, you know, find another way. And and I, I always thought the shoe, like, me as an engineer, the shoelace and making it into a ladder is very uh, clever. That's awesome. That is freaking, I, I love it so much when he does that. That is really good thinking, really, and under ju- such duress 
yeah. as well. Uh, that's fantastic. Mm. Very Bondian. Very Bondian. Yeah, exactly. I just terrifies me like i have this thing with ice i'm good on the water i can tolerate ice but you're never going to see me climb uh, a wall uh you know uh, hang off a cliff like uh, i did <laughs> yeah well no that that i, I can tolerate to, to, to a point it's just that i have uh, respect for gravity and for our listeners um, out for our listeners out there uh maddie or uh or what's the name of the monastery saint Saint Cyril. Saint Cyril in Matera in Greece is a visitable place. I have, I have myself have not been there, but it is on one of my bond places I still need to go to. Yeah, get you it's impressive. Gear ready. There's only one way up. Yeah. Now you gotta. They don't. Uh, there's no helicopter landing pad there. You have to yeah. uh, do it the bond way. Yeah. You have to climb down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, well, you can bungee jump down, or you no know, parachute down. Parachute down, that'd be fine. Uh, Don't want to miss. Uh, yeah, no, you do not want to miss. Uh, a beautiful location too, by the way. In in, in fact, it's you know it's one of those things, and and they were still doing that in, in the eighties, where they will uh, they will cut between uh, the actual location and the studio set. Uh, now, you know, Peter Lamont did a good job, by the way, we have Peter, Peter Lamont working on this one. Um, you know, it looks good, but there definitely is that dichotomy between the natural element and, and, yeah. and the set. It's, it's a very I mean, stark uh, contrast. I, I think like uh, the one part, in, I, in, in some sense, like as an order audience, as a member of an order audience, uh, I do appreciate that dichotomy because like it lets me like, appreciate Peter Lamont's imagination. So like one scene like is uh, when Columbo and or right after they capture the, when they're in the courtyard and uh, mm. Columbo and Cristados are fighting and Cristados kicks Columbo's face mm. down the stairs. Like that I could tell is a set cause I was like, that, that, but I better, but I'm still gonna, even though I know that's a set, I'm still gonna go to climb up St. Creel in Mateora and see like, hey, is this where, where's that place where Christatus kicked Columbus face and I'll be disappointed. Oh, so we'll, uh, you'll need a plane ticket, next plane ticket to, to England and uh, what's the name of those studios there? Pine, Pinewood. Um, Pinewood, Pinewood, yeah. yeah. Oh, geez, getting, it's getting a little late. I'm forgetting what Pinewood is. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's a fun climax. You know, again, it's sort of, like a lot of this movie, it's just a little bit more grounded, no pun intended, because they're way up there in the mountains. But but it's a, but it's a little bit more grounded. It's a little bit more realistic, so to speak. You know, when you consider that in the previous one movie ago, we witnessed a space battle with lasers. You know, and now we saw him in in one of the more tension filled sequences in the entire series of him trying to uh, climb up a mountain and. and this fight atop Saint Cyril, not atop Cyril. We got Saint. No, the Saint Cyril is the monastery. So yeah. atop this mountain, um, yeah, it, it it it's it freshens the series up a little bit. I does, find it brings it back to its roots in many ways. Does that mean that in Fast and the Furious that apparently they go to space? So does that mean in Fast and the Furious ten it's going to be grounded and they're going to f- climb Saint Cyril? No, they're- no, they're going <laughs> to. Yeah, you know they're gonna bring yeah. Jurassic Park into it. Yeah, so. Counterfeit, uh, counterfeit 4K Blu-rays. <laughs> or they're or they're gonna or they're gonna uh, 
go to Venus instead of Mars. <laughs> Skip a couple planets and just go to Venus. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, you know, I've come to I've come up with a theory about uh, Roger Moore's uh, uh, tenure on the character. There's, like, <laughs> you know, there's a, uh, you know, we did call uh, create the Fleming scale with mm. the, uh, the, the our presentation a few years back. I, you know, I, I haven't figured out a name for it. I would tend to call it the Fleming scale, but it doesn't encompass it. I'm gonna call I'll, I'll call it the uh, you know the more more the more to more scale because there's two there's a scale of the most Roger Moyest uh, movies on, mm. on one side and you know mm. the more Fleming esque Bond mm-hmm. pure Bondian on the other side. I would say that on the Moyest one at the at the opposite of For Your Eyes Only is the man with the golden gun, and on the other side, the most like closest to Fleming is the spy who loved me and every other film falls in between uh probably in the middle it's either octopusy or a view to a kill but all the other movies you know are are more or less in that neighborhood that that region i would have to 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 to, to really think about them but um Fleming, Roger Moore is playing James Bond the, like as the most he's ever done in yeah. the previous film. Uh, in uh, other films, he's he's very comical, he's very aloof. But this is mm. feels like he, he put the time as a as an actor. Uh, it, it's, I don't know if it's the the change of director. I, I would tend to, to think so. Actually, I think it's more uh, John Glenn's video. I think he might have that more influence and we realize because you looked at all the movies he's made so they're a little bit tougher than uh, what roger moore was used to um it's a little but bit darker it is but i mean octopus it goes back to like i think i mean granted it was going up against never say never again so they had to make it as roger as possible like but it, it I, I still would say it falls more on the the fleming side of my skull because there's a lot of drama with with Octopussy and a lot of speechifying about murder, right. about his, him being a cold assassin. That yeah, you know, that's... there's pathos that's not necessarily in some of the other ones. I guess the Gilbert ones would probably be in the middle on, on that scale. I know I'm not sure, but that's I appreciate that Roger Moore as a one solid. It's his version of of uh, from Russia with Love. That's oh, yeah. it's mm. that good yeah. to me. It's my favorite of spoiler. It's my favorite Roger Moore film. Hey, you know who who's who's else favorite Roger Moore film this was, and it's no secret, or it doesn't make surprise you. It won't surprise anybody. Kyle Barbo, huh? Kyle, Kyle Barbo. Uh, it's up there, but uh, not him. It's someone. Yours? No, it's by that spy who loved me for me, but uh, it's uh. It's Pierce Brosnan's favorite uh, Roger Moore film, he said. Oh, it's his wife, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 that has to be your favorite one. Yeah. Your wife's no, because no, like, uh, I forget the interview he did. I think it was for like People magazine he did in the 90s or 2000s. And he said the, his two favorite bomb films, I mean, this is like Die Another Day time. So like not pre-Daniel Craig. So like he said his two favorite film bomb films are from Russia with Love and For Your Eyes Only and there's that's <laughs> the same plot almost yeah, almost yeah that's like my three favorite bond movies are you only live twice 
Spy Love Me and Moonraker. Love those movies. It's like same goddamn plot. Same goddamn director. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The monorail trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, know good on for Pierce and and you know we we didn't talk too much about uh, Lisa von Schufenschaft, but uh, you know she's only in it for a couple of minutes, but it's a fun little performance, and I like the. Uh, I love her moments. clothes. I have to say, she's she one good. of the best dressed, like that blue dress and the bikini with the little uh, shawl that she's wearing. Woo! Mm. <laughs> oh, there is we go. Sack say. Cheers. Bottoms up. Whoops. <laughs> Me nighty slipping. Says so your accent, can't it? <laughs> Manchester? Close. Liverpool. There was a very amusing performance between you and the uh, owner of this. What exactly did Columbo whisper to you? That you were a spy, to find out more about you. And have you? Have I ever? Mm -mm. I'm being a little crude. Caliente. I'm being crude, but it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, the blue dress is very, it, 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 it's mm. a very, uh, it's well fitted dress, and it just, it's, it leaves enough to the imagination, but you can tell that she keeps, uh, she takes care oh, yeah. of herself. Yeah, uh, I like it when they're back to her, uh, her beach house, I guess, and uh, you know they've obviously had a few, and I, I do like the part of you know, oops, me ninety slipping. So is your accent, Countess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester, close. Liverpool. Uh, I, I do like that quite a bit. Yeah. It's a very fun little exchange. It's a, it's, a, it's a shame she gets killed off so quickly, which, you know, I guess you expect it because Melina's our leading lady here, not, uh, not uh, Lisa. 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 But, uh, but for her short, for her brief appearance, she, she's quite memorable. It's very, very funny. Oh, Speaking yeah. of murder, there's one henchman. They, they at the end of the movie, they could have killed him, but he just like injured the f out, the fat gash yeah. out of him. The guy that gets the arrow lives. Yeah. He yeah. just they 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 put they 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 they, they, oh, they, ga they, gag, they him. gag him. I'm like in any other movie, they would have killed him, but they gag him. I think, uh, but I I, I like. I like that element of them not killing him because, like, I've, oh, I've I appreciate yeah. it. I'm not no, I'm just saying, oh, no, because I I read oh. a, I read a lot of uh, maybe you know having now working for the DOD and I read a lot of special forces training is like when they and this is what I really appreciate about the whole finale scene and for your eyes on these like a lot of special forces when they sneak into places like that or sneak into like enemy territory. Their one of the top goals besides completing their mission is to minimize casualty as much as possible because like they want to go in sneakily. And I like the fact, and that's what their goal was in for your eyes only into this monastery. So instead of just killing him or throwing him off the cliff, I like that they just gag him <laughs> and, and and or they neutralize him like a special forces would in real life. Well, there is one chap well it's it's the chap that tries to uh un, un, loosen up the the, the pit pittance pythons uh yeah. he he falls down uh but that's a, that's self for, that's self-defense at that point 
for a guy yeah. that fell down from that high up in death, he's looking pretty good, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he's rec uh, oddly recognizable. That, that that's going to be an open casket, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> enough. Yeah. Good, good uh, job. I, I, I'm uh, I'm tapped out right now. I don't uh, know if, uh, I got one more. One more. Right. I mean, and I, I mean, it's gonna lead us to the finale of the episode, is because it's the finale of the film. Is uh, at once Bond completes his mission, he gets a call from Q and Tanner saying the prime minister would like to congratulate them. Oh, and, of course, you're gonna bring that up. Ah, you do it, I do it. And then, and, and then uh, we, and then the audience is led to uh, ten uh, ten Downing Street in London in Whitehall, which is the house of in at that time prime minister margaret thatcher played by janet brown he's there that's in the prime minister i'll get it dennis hello mr bond on the line prime minister ah mr bond I wanted to call you personally and to say how pleased we all are that your mission was a success. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Don't thank me, Mr. Bond. Your courage and resourcefulness are a credit to the nation. Dennis and I look forward to meeting you. Meanwhile, if there is anything I can do for you... Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, really, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I think we're having a little trouble with the... And I remember as a kid, when I, you know, when I was, as an 11 year old kid living in America, like I remember watching the scene, I was like, man, British people are weird. Like, I, I don't, I was like, what, what the, <laughs> I was like, what the I, hell? I, I still agree. British people are weird. I mean, well, I, weird. I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I still think British people are weird. Uh, and my friends know that. But like, I remember watching the scene, I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, I don't understand their comedy at all. <laughs> and I, And then, you know, as I, you know, Learn, you know, studied through school. I learned who Thatcher was, and and uh, I, I learned who Thatcher was and her husband Dennis. And for those of you guys who don't know, like Thatcher was known for like doing press conferences in her kitchen, like the way they okay. did, like in uh, like they showed in Free Your Eyes Only, and the way uh, Janet Brown slaps uh, her Dennis, the husband's hand, like when he's like trying to snatch the mm. cookies. Like apparently that that's a real thing that. Thatcher was a kind of like known for. And this is, uh, was she married to a mentally challenged person? Because he looks no, like. Uh... <laughs> no, Dennis. No, like they 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 portray those two characters really well, and I think it's the first time a real life character actually appeared on For Your Eyes Only. And the actress who played uh, Thatcher, Janet Brown, uh, she had played Thatcher in other BBC stand up comedy shows, and then after for your eyes only like the british people like love like really really love that scene like for better or for worse and she became really famous for playing thatcher in many other uh comedy skits thereafter for your eyes only so i would say it's most comparable to tina i'm not sure if you guys would know but tina fey when she played portrayed sarah palin in saturday night live during the 2000 during the 2008 elections people like am i seeing tina fey or Sarah Palin and I still sometimes struggle with that too and that's kind of like what that was the performance that Janet Brown gave as Thatcher 
and that mm. and to conclude up uh, last the year happily ever after no and to conclude up uh, when Jen, uh, when Gillian Anderson gave her portrayal as Thatcher in the crown she drew a lot from Janet Brown than say uh what's her name oh god Meryl oh, Streep uh, Mer- Meryl, yeah. Meryl, Meryl Streep and Iron Lady because like both uh Gillian Anderson Janet Brown like they were just like they like just gave like verbatim like portrayals of that. You're like, oh really, Mr. Bond? We would like to thank you. And then slap Dan- Dennis uh, the husband's hand and like, like they were, they were like going for like word to word sketch, whereas like you know Meryl Streep gave a different direction. Well, speaking of accurate depictions, that was pretty good. Like, damn, oh, really, <laughs> Mr. Bond? <laughs> and oh, give I... us a, give us a kiss. Give us a kiss. It, it's you know the French version goes really really weird for that sequence because suddenly like for the entire movie british people don't have accents they they speak normal french but they talk to thatcher and dennis and oh mr like they they have this they try to have a british accent is it like oh monsieur bon (laughs) i it's incredibly cringeworthy like it accentuates the weirdness of that scene because it's 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 just weird. I I can't describe it how weird that is because I can't do the bad fake British English accent in French that they're doing. I'm just gonna <laughs> speak. Those was your Mister Bond. I no, I can't do it. I I uh, I I can't I can't do it. But it's just weird. Just watch that scene in the French dub. It just what the hell is it? it I mean, I. Through. I still say what the hell when I still see it, but I, but as an adult, I find it more, find it actual brilliant scene versus as a kid, I just was like, what the hell is this? I was like, I was like, how's this I'm relative? An I'm an adult, not sure I found it brilliant, but uh, it's again, it's either I, what did I, uh, yeah, then it's more like, looks like a doofus in real life. No, he yeah, did like, look, they, they, they characterized him really well. Really? Jeez, I, I don't recall ever looking photos of of miss miss thatcher's uh hubby so to me no they're they're always i mean if you ever see like historical photos and stuff like they're always together and like them doing like press conferences in their kitchen was like just so like signature of them she's she's definitely wearing the pants of that outfit Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, she 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 was. I mean, she, I mean, she was a prime minister of England for yeah, thirteen no, years. So yeah. Holy smokes! Don't they look so alike? Yeah, it does kind of look like that. Huh. Okay, I stand corrected. Very accurate. Cinema vérité. And then we go for a swim. And um, and Max destroys a very nice um, watch. Give us a kiss. Give us a kiss. Is that is Bond deranged? Bond, Bond, and then splash for your eyes only. He's doing it. He's doing it. Keep going. Okay. Um, um, yeah, that's oh, uh, that's the spy who loved me. And then, in a nutshell, that's what you mean for, for eyes only. 
Yeah, that's what I said for your eyes only. He's a the spy, the spy who loved me. me. Oh, Jesus, yeah. did I? Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, edit that. Yeah, please edit that. <laughs> please. Uh, so that's the... That's the, 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 for, the, the eyes who uh, slept. You only live uh, for your eyes only uh, twice or whatever. The, it's, uh, <laughs> okay, it's for your eyes. Four eyes only is now re reviewed. So... Um, We've, we've, we've done it all. We've done it all. I, I enjoy this review. This is one of my favorite reviews. It's, it's, it's going to be one of our better episodes. It's uh, going to be epic because uh, we've been recording since 9.30 and it is now 11.30. What do you mean 8.30? Uh, Didn't we all die at 8.30? Yeah, but we talked talk, you know, and stuff. We talked yeah, about well, we talked about the halves for like 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Oh, I don't think that 30 minutes. Or I was, I'm just guessing, but uh, it's gonna be uh, uh, uh also guys uh after Max dropped off the Seiko up, uh, I yeah. refurb I refurbished the wash and I'm getting a tick 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 and the it says the James Bond complex. Do you have people everywhere? <laughs> Oh, hey, you're doing it, you hey, too. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I I like it. Yes, we do. <laughs> are everywhere on the internet. Uh, we are at uh, on Facebook at the Jeans Bond Complex. We're also on Twitter at the Bond Complex. Instagram, we are the Jeans Bond Complex. We have the URL, the JeansBondComplex.com. I'm not sure what I'll be doing with it in the future. Uh, doing. Like it's it's still like, you know, it's something I'll, you know, I'm, I'm on vacation. I'll think about it this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also uh, want to thank our uh, host uh, site, anchor.fm, that hosts us freely for, for years now. Um, we uh, are available on all types of platform from Google uh, Play to uh, Amazon. I don't know if we're on Amazon, to be honest with you. But <laughs> YouTube. Every, YouTube, YouTube, we have the YouTube channel. You know, there, we type the James Bond Complex podcast uh, and you'll, you, you'll, you'll find us, basically. And give, and give so, us a, a Golden Gun five-star review. Yeah, whichever platform. Are you, Jason, are you keeping the are you keeping the Jeff Bezos money to yourself, Matt? Because if we're available on Amazon, I, I didn't I haven't gotten any money yet. Did you get the check? No. <laughs> Did you get the gift card? Did you get the gift card? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jason is on Instagram, the International Man of Mystery at J A S. How many X do you have in your name? Just one. J A S X O N eight eight. Eight, eight. You can follow all of his most recent escapades or not so recent because, uh, I mean, he, he's got how many gigabytes of pictures do you have? About like 12 gigabytes worth of photos because I, I take photos with a DSLR mm. and, a, and a lot of them too. That a lot of photos. Because, I mean, he's, if, well, right now you've not been traveling in a while, but I mean, you're, you're, you're sharing your memories on the Instagram uh, whenever uh, it it's, uh, you know, makes sense or doesn't make sense whenever all you ever feel. It's always interesting. Uh, you know, as it, you know, as James Bond complex usually does, we will return 
next week with a brand new episode. Until then, messieurs, je vous souhaite une excellente soirée. Moi aussi. Au revoir, à la prochaine. Ciao, Bendy. Merci beaucoup. Bye. Detente, camarade. You don't have it. I don't have it.